You're listening to a podcast from 702. The Literature Corner. And this is going to be a really fun discussion. It is based on a message that I got last week from a regular listener who sent me a message and the following was part of his message. I am a lover of books, reading that is, but I would love to get some more tips, Eusebius, on how you manage to read so many books, like how you manage to concentrate for so long, read so many books in a short space of time, and like how do you remember what was written? That's verbatim. Even the likes, guys, are verbatim, right? So this this person is literally <laughs> writing as he speaks, but I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Um, I hope to apprehend that to have the courage to call on your show. It doesn't matter if you if you're <clears> calling. I did say to you yesterday. Thank you for prompting the topic. We're going to talk about it now. And my good friend and my former colleague actually is uh, here with me to have this conversation, and I am delighted that she agreed to come on because we love it to bits. Lovelyn Waday is here. Hello, Lovelyn. Hi. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Singing into okay, uh, what is the right verb that goes with that? What singing? Was in, that singing? Singing into, into I don't know if it's singing because that's the, what was song that is that not singing? Okay, okay, it was a musical hello. Hi, um, okay, a hi. musical hello hi. into 2020. Hi. And thank you for the <laughs> gifts. You know, we thought 2020 will not be the year of sugar, but you brought me such wonderful gifts. But thank you, you must share it, Galuk, so you don't suffer with the yeah, sugar high high. I know. If I have one of these now, I'm going to sound weird because I'm already on like, uh-huh. I don't drink a lot. I don't know if you, do you need caffeine in the morning to wake up? Um, I don't think I do, but I do. So in my I mind, I think I do. Therefore, I have coffee every yeah, morning. You see, I'm not a caffeine person. Yeah. I, I normally have maybe one cup a week. <gasps> no. So this morning, I had quite a strong cup of coffee. Okay. And so my energy levels are up high. there. So okay. if I have one of these uh, baklava the thingies, I'll be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> then, okay, don't. Then I'm going to do the midday reports <laughs> and as I show. Oh, and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to chat about this this conversation because yeah. there's a couple of things here and I'm not trying to be humble. A mm. couple of simple points I want to make and let's just talk about it. And as you're listening, why don't you call in? Tell us how quickly you read, how slow, how do you pick your books? Do you feel really bad when you see your friends are reading? Like what are your reading habits? And and share that with us and listen to, to what Lovelyn and I have to say about our habits. So jo- join the conversation on 011-883-0702. For me, the first important point, and, I, and I'm not trying to be Gumbaya, is do not compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like read at your own pace. Hello, Azza. Looking stunning. Just mincing by. <laughs> I'm acknowledging how, you know, when beautiful people walk by, I tend to acknowledge them, including women, not just gorgeous men. Read, read, it, read at your own pace. Don't yeah. compare yourself to Loveland's timeline mm. because people are getting anxiety. There's this like gaming going on. Like, mm. okay, I've got to show off. I'm going to read a book a year. Stop it. Mm. Do you. Don't try and do Loveland. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. So for me, um, I think there was a time where I also felt that because I'm surrounded by really smart friends. So I also felt this pressure of like, I need to read 50 books a year, one book a week, you know, three books a day. Um, and I just, <laughs> I just, I was like, no, guys, I can't do that. And, and I think it's important because part of what, I think part of the trap 
of capitalism is that everything needs to be productive for a particular end, for a particular so aim. That's and so I true. think something like reading when you're not in school mm. and when you're out of, you know, school or varsity is so sacred as part of rest and leisure, right? Mm. And so I think there's value in just allowing yourself to go through a book as you go through the book. And it's, you're making such a beautiful point yeah. as I knew you would immediately, <laughs> which is to say for many of us, and you can even see this sometimes in the way in which we pick books. Mm. We always associate reading with some sort of instrumental benefit. Yes, yes, right? yes. And so when you now are adulting mm. and you have the option of reading for leisure, mm. you need to allow yourself time to recalibrate your relationships with books. Absolutely. Read yeah. for fun, read at your own pace. And stop worrying about some silly article that said top 100 CEOs oh. read 50 books a year. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. Do do you? Mm, absolutely. The second thing that I that I that I shared with you that is important for me is it's amazing how this thing is relative. Like you say, I think of my friends like uh, Richard Pitthouse, and I think, oh my God, I, I'm not keeping up with how much he is reading. And then I have other people saying to me, I wish I could read as much as you. I mean, I no wish I could one. Read so here's the thing. <laughs> no one feels they read enough. So we all yes. feel inadequate. Yes. Can we just come to grips with the fact that yes. in your lifetime, you will not read even all the books you've already bought. Mm. And that is okay. Mm. But, I, you know, I completely agree with you. And I think it's connected to, at least in my circle. So I think it's because if you want to be woke and if you want to be socially relevant and if you want to uh, make particular arguments, there is a pressure that you have to have read all the literature about that thing in order to be able to say something about it, right? <laughs> and of course, I mean... I'm it's laughing a- <laughs> because the proverbial poo will hit the fan. It was the one person that may genuinely like that particular yes. author is going to ask the awkward question, at which point you will pretend you suddenly need to take a call or to go to the bathroom <laughs> at dinner. Because you're going to be telling me you love Baldwin as much as me. I'm going to ask you, oh my God, which is your favorite and character? Then and then it's going to be awkward. <laughs> Don't, Don't lie. Do <laughs> Don't lie. Exactly. And so I'm wondering, you know, if it's not. So, I mean, I do think it's important to know what you're talking about when you're talking about it. Um, I'm not saying we should all run around and have, you know, um, random ideas about social justice that we sucked from our thumbs. But I also think that um, our relationship with knowledge, we should allow it to change as we are growing, as our society is growing. And to also recognize that in our world, um, there are various Sources of knowledge, right? Yes. So for some people, yes. it's Which books. Which brings me to the third yeah. point. Speak yeah. into that. Yes. Because you and I reflected on this <clears throat> last week, preparing for this yeah. discussion. Exactly. Books are not the only Absolutely. reading material sources. Yes. So, f- so I think besides books, there are plenty articles that people come across, opinion pieces, um, documentaries are also like, I know it's not reading, but it's a different way of sourcing knowledge. And I know that for me personally, um, I have so many books. I do not get through all of them. Um, but I know that because of my life and the work that I do, I don't always have time to sit for two hours and read, right? Like every single day. But I sit on Facebook and get amazing articles because of the circles that I'm in. And you are engaged intellectually and creatively. I'm engaged. I read those articles, you know, a snippet here, a snippet there. And I'm like, oh, my word, I need to ask that question. And that inevitably forces me to actually go find the book that's connected. A gorgeous Um, point. You know, I I sit on a scholarship committee that interviews candidates and... 
obviously I'm now so old that I can see generational differences between me and youngsters that are applying. <laughs> and about two, three years ago, he won't be listening now. And if he is, he will appreciate it. Not least because he got a scholarship. One of my, <laughs> one of our applicants so who applied. No, he's lovely. I love him to bits. A really, really fantastic young South African. Mm. One of the things they put on his CV, Laura, uh, this was really hilarious, was how many hours of YouTube material mm. he had. Cons- and I'm like, who puts that on their CV? Yeah. Right? And it wasn't a big discussion point around it. But it's to your point, sources of literacy yes. can also in this day and age that is so technologically driven include visual stuff. Yes. Like the visual, what you're consuming Completely. visually in terms of video, that is creative activity that is happening there. And the same way yeah. in which an audio book is an important way of engaging material. Mm-hmm. So again, we need to get away from the idea of just because Josebez has got 50 covers on his Instagram like account, yeah. I need to be doing the same. Completely, completely. And I, and I think for me, that's part of the, so two things. I think on the one hand, that's part of the work that we need to do about recalibrating how we think about creativity, right? And where we can explore, where we can see, how we can see, through what lens we can see. Um, because there are certain, there are, for example, for me, certain authors that when I listen to them speak, if I watch a YouTube video, I can't stand them. And there are certain people for <laughs> whom when they're speaking, um, or, you know, after they've spoken and then I go read their book, I'm like, what the hell is that, right? Yes. So I think it's important for us to recognize that there are different ways in which we can access that stuff. Mm. But on a second level, I think that um, our brains, I mean, I'm not a neuro- neuroscientist or whatever, but I also know that, um, you know, different kinds of information in the way that it's packaged will stimulate us differently, right? Yeah. Art will stimulate you in a different way to written words will stimulate you in a different way 100%. to podcasts will stimulate 100%. you. And so I think if we... Authors yeah. from an entrepreneurial point of view, yeah. we we have to come to terms with that, Absolutely. right? So if you are lucky and you're like my good friend Sasonkum Simang, you speak as beautifully as you write or Taye Selesi. And you can't be precious about where consumers want to find you. Mm. The same with me. Mm. Some people have bought my books of essays. Mm. Other people like to get my viewpoint through listening to the radio show. And I can't be precious and say, oh, my God, what do you mean you haven't read a bunch in my bathroom? If they want to encounter an argument <laughs> exactly. I made there on the open line, that's just the reality. And we've gotta, we, yeah. we, we must stop being hum, hung up about this yeah. is the gold standard of accessing content. Yes, absolutely. With that, I will say that I do agree that there are pitfalls, right? Sure. There are pitfalls to that uh, in the sense that I think um, – you know, there is a level of robustness and our ability to, and this, I guess, touches on your, um, on the question that this listener asked. You know, because concentrating and reading and remembering all the details and being able to unpack and connect all these different things, it does seem like that's becoming an increasingly difficult um, thing to do and a skill to have. Um, and it's valuable and it has its place. But I think at, at the baseline, it's to say, there's information in so many different formats. Decide what format works for you. For sure, read. I mean, I think reading on so many levels has multiple benefits. But I, I think once we get instrumental and functional and, uh, you know, productive about it, then it becomes a schlep. Okay. Join the conversation. You are joining it on Twitter, but call in. Um, of course, like me, you love hearing Lovelin. So maybe you're just hanging on to her every word. But be part of the conversation. How do you pick your books? What are other sources of reading and content sources that you engage? And do you feel a little bit liberated now from the pressure to go and buy a book, to take a picture of a book? Because 
you know what? Watching YouTube can be an important form of intellectual engagement and a source of knowledge. A TEDx talk can stimulate oh, you too. in all sorts of ways. O double one double eight three O seven O two. The literature corner. This thing about detail and recall is mm. so fascinating. So last week, which is when this listener sent me the message, I was interviewing Bussy. I had forgotten my notes at home. Mm. I didn't panic. And it's an interesting device that I also use in public speaking because I trusted my ability to recall at least the contours. Mm. And here again, it's important to not compare yourself to another person. Mm. I'm actually not a details person. I'm a big picture person. It's Mm. just my intellectual strength. Mm. It's also the reason why I get bored with detail, right? And I I acknowledge the the, the weakness that comes with not liking detail. Mm. But my confidence was I had read so slowly because I was enjoying her story mm. instead of rushing to be able to tell Facebook, I've completed this book in mm. like one sitting mm. that I knew reading slowly with my phone off will guarantee that I'm not going to falter when I speak to Bussy off the cuff. Mm. So my advice is, and I want to know what yours is, A, trust yourself, but B, just like chewing your food slowly is good for you, which mm. is why I've had porridge for the last two hours. <laughs> it is equally important to read slowly. Mm. You are more likely to recall the detail if you do so. Do not rush to complete yes. the reading just to tell Twitter that you have finished the book. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, I have books that have taken me a solid year mm. to finish. Yeah. Um, sometimes because of the depth of it. Um, sometimes because I had to stop at some point because I needed to digest what I had left off at and came back at a later point. So I completely agree with you that reading slowly is actually really valuable. It's a valuable exercise. Um, and also because I think we all process differently, right? We all process at different speeds. We process, um, different ideas and concepts differently. Absolutely. And because authors write differently, um, some people's work is easier to di- digest than others. So, for example, um, Copano Ratele's, um, uh, The World Looks Like This From Here, which I started reading in December. Um, I mean, f- because I knew it was a book about psychology, I thought, okay, this is going to be an intense read. So I literally mentally prepared myself. And then I like went through the book and I was like, he writes so, it flows so well. And I haven't finished the book yet, but it flows so well because it's like he's having a conversation with you. That's right. And then there are like big name authors like Arundhati Roy, who bless her soul, she's done amazing. She wins all the prizes. I am struggling. It's hard work. I am struggling with the God of small things right now. (laughs) I really am. And I'm enjoying it in the sense that I really struggled the first few chapters because yeah. she's very descriptive and adjectives and I'm like, Kosiam, I feel like I'm grade 11 like English creative writing class and then I got to this point where I was like oh, oh I get it, you know. So, so I want to come back to yeah, that because different flows. We, there's another issue that, that we're going to liberate the public from in a second. <laughs> But I know what you what you mean. Like I said to you last week, I have been trying to complete reading. Let me be more honest. I've been trying to successfully start The Famished Road by Ben Oakley. It's I'm tough. Not even there it's tough. So you you you, got, you also have to like come to terms with the fact that it's hard to get into some into some works. Yeah. Yeah. The person who who sent me that message was was Levi and he's plucked up the courage to call in. Hello. Yes, hello. Hi, thanks so much for calling in. Yes, thank you for actually honoring my request on the reading tips. 
So I would like to think that I am an active reader, as I've been reading for quite a time. Mm-hmm. I, I read articles on the internet. I've read your articles as well. I download books because I feel like reading on this phone is an investment because these books are quite expensive. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes I actually do download e-books to read as well. Yes. So, I mean, don't judge me, but at the time I went to, to, to the library and found this uh, intriguing book about Helen Ziller, uh, Not Without a Fight Autobiography. Yes. So, so I would... Um, one day, like to ask her how she managed to, from such a good book with a good reputation, uh, uh, you know, like damaged it on Twitter, I think everyone. And it's very detailed, like it's very, very long, detailed. Mm. I mean, you'd say that she was she was writing down everything as she was going up because wow, mm. you know, it's such a big book. Oh, I see what you mean. Did you manage to complete the book? No, I'm still like uh, not even halfway because I just got it last week and I'm reading it bit by bit. So that is why I was like interested in knowing how you guys read so many books in such a short period. Because this is like mm. 500 pages of books. Of, of the book. Yeah, and you're reading it but not without a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's a fair point, uh, mm. uh, Levi. But you know what? Our concentration spans differ. Mm. When I was a kid, I could read fat books far more easily than mm. I do now. We're not mm. immune to the impact of technology mm-hmm. on our concentration spans. Even those of us who do manage to complete books, I could read fantasy novels. My favorite was the Shannara series. Mm. Easily five, six hundred pages. Like nothing my grandmother used to say, mm. Yo, you're going to go crazy when I stop reading these big books. <laughs> and yet, obviously, when the neighbors were there, she'd show off. Tell Did auntie, you? how many pages <laughs> were you reading? It is difficult to yeah. concentrate. Yeah. Before we take the next caller, Next point. Mm. It's okay, isn't it, Lovelyn, mm. to give up on a book? Oh, my goodness, completely. Um, I think that sometimes, and you know what? We get launched by all these book lists, these <laughs> man booker prize and critically acc- acclaimed what, what. We get launched because we get caught in the hype of so-and-so won this award, so it must be good. And then you read it and you're like, you can't. So I think it's perfectly normal to give up on a book and to accept that that person was not is not yours. It's not your portion and it's fine. Yeah. And then your friends that like that author can enjoy that author and it doesn't have to be that deep. Like, it just some things just don't resonate. They really don't. I have one book that um The Sellout by Paul Beatty, mm. um, which won all the awards. Hey, and I bought that book so excited. Because see, I'm no but I'm still on page no, I'm on page fifteen. <laughs> like I really struggled. Same with Life of Pi. I got to one page one hundred and ten where the story eventually clicked and I was angry. Yeah. I was angry that it took me that long to get there, so I gave up. I agree with you. <laughs> totally, yeah, I'm with you. And actually to that end, my good friend Bandele says this. Um, one other thing we need to free ourselves from is the pressure to read and finish books that our social groups consider the canon. No. I'm a nerd, but I've never read Harry Potter fully. Uh, I'm a woke lefty, uh, but I tossed out Fanon's black skins, white masks. It's simply too dense. And this is someone who is, I promise you, one of my cleverest friends. Who's got enormous generosity mm. and patience and mm. an incredible analytic uh, mind. Mm. Um, and I, and I agree with you, Bandile. Um, I've neither seen 
the movies, nor have I managed to read the books. Mm. Have you read Harry Potter? No, but <gasps> I, no, but let me tell you why. And that's the point. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I grew up in a different context. And to me, I was in a very super conservative Christian upbringing. So we were told Harry Potter was demonic. So I wasn't allowed <laughs> you to lie. read it or watch. I was. It was demonic. Demons. People who faint. <sighs> People at my school and some of my teachers and some of my so my I'm parents met. also were like, you're not going to So did we, it. the public, meet you in your post-weird face? Oh, yeah, no. Y'all have got the liberated Loveland. <laughs> we must have a conversation about that another day. No like, wonder you greet us, I've, beloved. Those are like <laughs> echoes of your past. It can all make sense. <laughs> Maruma, hi. Good morning. Good morning, Sylvia. Yes, yeah, welcome. The, the, the method I use, you know, to summarize books is uh, it is mind map. A whole book can maybe two hundred and fifty pages. I summarize it into in two pages. Oh wow, that's a lot of work, but that's a good way to try and get your mind to actively engage. When I had Vashna Jagannath on last week, we were talking about. Uh, um, the brilliant uh, latest book in the title suddenly eludes me, even though I've been banging on Midnight about it. Train? Yeah, not quite Midnight not. Train. Charles Francis' latest books. Mm. Um, but her, like material, the book, you can see this book is being read mm. because she makes copious amounts of notes. Mm. I always oscillate between wanting my books to still look pristine. Yes. And then sometimes, and I can never so decide. I, fold, I just fold the, the corners of the page mm. that I like. I can't bring myself to highlight or write yeah. in my books because I'm like I'm inconsistent. Yeah, it's a legacy. It's going to be passed on, and then when I'm dead, my book collection must be worth millions. So I can't be messing it up. And but maybe the notes in the margins will be what makes <gasps> it valuable. Pa- yes, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, JD. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, I was listening to your talk now, and you're mentioning or you're talking a bit about alternate sources of knowledge and information. Yeah, like YouTube videos and that, and that's definitely what I do because in my day-to-day, I don't have time to critically read. But what I do do is I love watching TED Talks, but mm. also I'm an avid lover of etymology. Mm. So I really like to learn what the sources of the words are and how to correctly use them because that could also alter, well, it could help you decide which is a good article to read or not depending on how people properly use language and how they can properly uh, convey their message or how they write. And yes, it also, it it just runs into so many other, like how to argue well, how to conceptualize well, how to speak well. Mm. So like one person I really like listening to is Alan Watts. uh, He was a philosopher in the 60s Mm. and 70s. He popularized uh, Zen Buddhism in America. Mm. Also a fantastic linguist and just the way he argues, he uses his language, how to describe certain things. It's Absolutely. Just, yeah. It's beautiful, a very, beautiful very point. Good yeah. Of learning. yeah. Thank yeah. you, JD. Much appreciated. We've started a whole confession on Twitter now with people that have books <laughs> that I didn't complete or didn't like. Um, and we've released them. I'm so glad that we've managed to do so. <laughs> Ms. D says, I'm in the same boat, but not because I didn't like the book. I just jumped to a compulsory read and then I stopped. I forgot to get back to this one. Ms. D says, I unfortunately couldn't finish Michelle Obama's book. And I've just accepted, <laughs> she says, that I will never finish it. Freedom, girl. Freedom. Allow yourself to be free. <laughs> 20 plenty. Plenty of freedom in 2020. Yes. Take a last call and then we'll leave it there. Ramon Su, very quickly. Hello. How are you, Well, thank you. Good man. Um, just confession on 
people like me, the people that use the SRB, the SRB, we don't read books, my friend. We love to read books. We, we listen to conversation like yours. We feel so inspired. We feel like reading, but every time when you have to pick it up and read it, it feels like that typical subject that varsity. Okay, uh-huh. that's going to need a whole minute to explain. We're going to go to news headlines, then we'll wrap the conversation after that. He used the term, and he accuses me of calling you that, SRB. Do you know what an SRB I is? You can tell I me will, offline. I will explain online-ish. I learned that at Rhodes University. 28 minutes before noon. The Literature Corner. So, at Rhodes University, where there are many black coconuts like me, yeah, there is a lot of classism that goes on there. Mm. And some blacks are referred to by other blacks as SRBs. I don't know if it's still the case. Awesome. So I was introduced to the term there. Um, a black that is an SRB. You know what it is? Mm-mm. Strong rural background. <gasps> wow. Wow. Is that a compliment? Obviously or? not. It's a diss. Because <laughs> people will say so things like, I can't date an SRB. <gasps> But okay. they also diss us. We refer to as Denons. Clover Denon. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to come back to him, I couldn't yes. let us finish there, yes. is this is an empirical question at some point we need to settle. Mm. Is the stereotype true <clears throat> in your opinion? Mm. This idea that people in rural areas or black people just don't read? No, no, I don't think so. So I think that... Yo, this is too much of a deep question. Mm. But the point is, I think that people have different relationships with reading um, based on their background, right? So I know, for example, um, a lot of my friends whose first introduction to literature was from a grandma or grandfather who was in the rural areas, right? Um, because of whatever particular value that they got out of that, right? Um, and then there are those of us who maybe grew up in, in suburban areas who, whose lives moved at rocket speed. So mm. there was never time to read. So I don't think it's a rural urban thing. I think there's a lot more behind that question about what life looks like in different parts of the country and how that connects to your totally relationship agree. with literature. Last question yeah. that we also need to release people on. Oh, this mm. is a fun dilemma for all, mm. for all lovers of books. New books versus old books. <laughs> Rereading versus starting a new book. And, and we have to be honest, there's mm. also like modernity comes in here with the pressure. Mm. It's nice to show off the cover of a book that you haven't showed off yet on your social media pages. Mm. So then you go like, I want to reread Dacre. But like everyone knows I've read this book. Mm. Subconsciously, that may be going on there. But yet, it can be really, really fun to revisit a book. How do you deal with like wanting to revisit a mm. book as opposed to like a new book? Um, or a book you've not read yet, even if yeah, it's not new? Yeah, I think for me, I take it with what I'm feeling. I really do. I'm okay. a very emotive like person when it comes to that. So there are books for me that um, are absolutely worth rereading. And I might be at a point in my life where it's um, super valuable. So for me, Purple Hibiscus by Chimamanda. Um, was a book for me that was worth rereading okay. at a particular point. The other one, Chino Achebe's, um, what's his most famous? Things Fall Apart. Mm. Couldn't stomach that book. Read mm. it twice and I was like, no, it's not for mm. me, right? Despite so, making all the lists. No, and, and this is my thing. I think that we need to move away from this thing of reading. Well, at least for me. Mm. I don't like reading books in the hype when they're big and hypey. I prefer going back to a book after the hype has passed because I, I feel there's more perspective mm. for me then. Beloved, thanks for coming in. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Bye-bye.